Sports. They say numbers never lie, but odds are they do. Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer, and host Andrew Botwinick are about to go against the grain this week as we make our day-to-day picks. All views and opinions expressed in today's show do not reflect KZLX or Northwest Missouri State University. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Everybody get What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Welcome back into Day-to-Day Picks, Andrew Botwinick, Sam Steinmeier, and today we also have one of the guys that we had recently on the show a couple of weeks ago, Brady Archer. Brady, welcome back to Day-to-Day Picks. It's almost like it's a a reunion tour. Almost. I'm glad to be back, though. Glad to be back doing what we do. So we got a little bit of a, a special show. We got Brady on the show just for the NFL draft. It's tonight on ESPN, the virtual draft. So why not have our own little virtual mock draft almost, our, our last-minute mock draft. So we've got, we talked a lot about the stuff that the coronavirus has impacted, and NFL was, was usually the one that's the last on the list just because the season doesn't really line up with how everything's going. I think the only thing that has really impacted has been uh, physicals. It's kind of hard to get a physical now, um, but apparently Rob Gronkowski can get one immediately before even anything is done. Um, outside of that, though, just training. There, there hasn't really been a whole lot of, of training camps, um, just some individual workouts that have had to have been moved. I, I mean, think Lamar Jackson got into a, a little bit of some trouble after he tried to, after he did a, a workout with Antonio Brown and, and Hollywood Brown. A little bit of some controversy there, and he's apologized for that since then. Other than that, though, Rob Gronkowski back playing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, officially traded yesterday. And then Lamar Jackson announced as the Madden 21 cover athlete of the year. I don't think any other big NFL news has happened outside of that, though. Not really, no. And, you know, you mentioned training. I mean, I guess we could mention Tom Brady tried to get some work in in a park, got told he can't uh, work out there. So he got kicked out of that. But other than that, it hasn't really been much uh, NFL news. And, you know, but that's obviously going to change after tonight. Oh, and, and Sam, you and I were joking earlier. How does it? How would you feel to be the cop that has to tell Tom Brady to to leave the park? Like it's it's kind of just like you're like I know who that is. Like that's clearly Tom Brady, and I'm gonna have to be the one to tell him to leave the park. Yeah, you don't really want to be the one to tell a six-time Super Bowl champion, hey, you can't practice uh, football here in this park, even though you're probably the best to ever do it. It's, it's it's a tough situation to be in, especially since he plays for your favorite team now. A tough task, a tough task. But we'll get more specific into tonight's uh, festivities, if you will. The NFL draft, we're going to have our own day-to-day picks draft. We've got our spreadsheets lined up, all 1 through 32 picks. We're only doing the first round. We did a, a redraft of the 2009 NBA draft a couple of weeks ago. If you missed that, it's on our Spotify link, on our Anchor link. It's on all of our Twitters, uh, any social media that you can find. But for tonight, we're going to go through pick by pick. We're each going to give our own synopsis of what's going to happen at that pick. Trades can be included if you have a trade in mind. We'll kind of just talk about some of the likely trades. We'll start with with pick number three. That's one that that might get slid down or or moved around in the bunch. But 
Pick number one, I think it's almost a clear consensus now that Joe Burrow is going to be that guy, and I would imagine that uh, I think all three of us will agree on that as well, right, guys? Yeah. And then and then at pick number two, so everybody having Joe Burrow go consensus number one, Cincinnati. It's kind of been in, in the books now for a couple of months. I think since he won that Heisman, um, it was kind of solidified there, but Pick number two could get a little bit interesting. Ron Rivera, maybe not the quarterback that he wants in Dwayne Haskins, gets a new job there in Washington, maybe takes a new quarterback off the board. We saw Cliff Kingsbury do it last year in Arizona with Kyler Murray moving on from from Rosen. So, Brady, we'll start with you as our as our interim guest, I guess, for the show now, even though you, you used to be on the show for the last couple of weeks. Um, but pick number two, who do you have going to Washington? Um, I think this one is pretty set in stone. I, I have Chase Young here. I do think the Redskins could possibly trade down for the right price, but in this situation, they're not going to. So I'm going to go with Chase Young here. Chase Young for you, and I also agree. Chase Young, the smart pick. I think he's the number one prospect graded um, in this draft as well, ahead of Joe Burrow, but Cincinnati's more needs fit a quarterback rather than taking the best defensive player in the draft. I'm going to agree. And Sam, who do you have going at number two? I also have Chase Young. I think, you know, he's the best player, not only, you know, available, but, you know, just skills wise, he's probably, you know, probably the best player in the draft. I mean, I think everyone probably agrees about that. And, you know, that Redskins defense probably need, needs some help. It hasn't been great these past few years. And Chase Young uh, provides a, a lot of help for that Redskins defensive line. So Sam agreeing, Ron Rivera, a pretty smart guy going along with taking Chase Young. And pick number three in Detroit is where it gets a little bit dicey. There's a lot of new mock drafts coming out today. I think Mel Kuyper as well as Peter Schrager um, of NFL.com both have Detroit trading this pick away to Miami, um, swapping Miami's first-round pick and a second-round pick to move up two spots. And I think a lot of those mock drafts had Miami taking Justin Herbert, but for us here in this day-to-day picks draft, Detroit is on the board. And like I said, trades are allowed. So if you want to continue going down that rabbit hole of Miami moving up, go for it. Just keep track of what you have going further on. If you trade, swap teams around. Remember who you have going where. I'm going to keep the entire thing through with no trades, just the whole first round. Pretty straightforward. Detroit for me. I've had them taking the same guy that they've been looked at getting for a while now. I have them taking Jeff Akuda at number three, and it, no surprise, they need a corner. They fill uh, Darius Slay. They lose him for for that injury, not injury. They they trade him away at the end of the off season, or I guess the beginning of the off season, and they need that that spot filled. And I think that's where Jeff Akuda comes in. Sam, what do you got? Yeah, I also have Jeff Akuda. They you know they traded Quandre Diggs in uh, during the season, and then you know, traded Darius Slay after the season had ended. So they, they're in some need of secondary help. And Jeff Akuda, probably the best secondary position player in this draft. And, you know, obviously everyone kind of has had him going third on their board. Whether he goes there tonight or not, who knows with all the uh, trade rumors. But for me, I think Jeff Akuda would be the smart pick. So Akuda for both of us and Brady, who do you have at number three? I'm sticking right with it. I think Jeff Okuda is the clear-cut best corner in this draft, so I, I don't see that Detroit going anywhere else here unless they decide to trade down. But just like you, Andrew, I'm going to go ahead and stick with, the, stick with the order how it is right now. I'm going Jeff Okuda. 
I think trading down could be an interesting concept. I think Detroit might pull that off if if the if the deal that I mentioned earlier that NFL.com has moving down two spots and you pick up a second rounder for free. Why not take that if you're Detroit, if you, if you really don't have any risk? Because I don't think anybody's going to take Jeff Okuda off the board before you get him. But who knows? But for us, though, everybody across the board taking Jeff Okuda, which brings up pick number four, the New York Giants, new head coach there in that system, getting something going, gets kind of gifted into the Daniel Jones offense. Saquon Barkley looking to build that offense up at the defense also looks a little bit run down as well. I'll start with this one. I have the New York Giants taking Jedrick Wills, the offensive tackle out of Alabama. He may not be the number one offensive tackle off the board, but he's going to help that offensive line. Um, And with the new head coach there and the history that he's had with the Alabama coaching staff, it makes a little bit of some sense. Tristan Wirfs is probably the best offensive line prospect in this draft, but Jedrick Wills playing at Alabama, Alabama talent just pans out so much better in the NFL, it seems like. So for me, it is Jedrick Wills going off the board at number four. And Brady, who do you have at number four? Uh, my number four, I went in a different direction here. I'll preface it by saying I do think the Giants are going to be trading this pick. But in this situation, they don't. I think they're actually going to go for who, in my opinion, is the second best defensive player in this draft. And I think they're going to go Isaiah Simmons. I mean, he can play He can play anywhere on the field. And I feel like maybe a couple weeks ago, this was a normal spot for him to go. And now he's kind of sliding down a little bit. But um, I, I still believe that if the Giants do pick here, they would want to go after the best defensive player available, and that's Isaiah Simmons. And I, I completely agree with that. Isaiah Simmons is probably the best defensive prospect behind Chase Young. Um, but it's it's just so weird because he had such a great combine, and then he just kind of fell off. The, the news really didn't talk much about him. He wasn't in the news as often as some of these other guys. And with all that media attention – gone all of a sudden for Isaiah Simmons he just slides and it's not a bad pick Isaiah Simmons is a great player and I think you're going to notice that with a lot of players now with this with all this um, coronavirus going on and they can't they don't they can't go get the attention that they can with like you know pro days and workouts and all that so I mean we're going to notice that with well especially with the injured players I think we're going to get that a lot they're they're going to slide down more but you know, it's just the way it's going to go this year in the draft. So you really don't know what's going to happen until it happens. Yeah, and especially you mentioned kind of there's not as much media attention to some of these players. And for some of the players, it's really hurtful because if you're not going in the top first round or two, then you're really not spending a whole lot of time. And if you're not actively going out and selling yourself to these NFL teams, you're not going right. to get picked up. You're not going to get put on a report. And some of these guys that are really good – could slide down a lot further. I think Sam and I were talking earlier before the show, Grant Delpert's another one of those guys that was supposed to go in the top 15 all of a sudden, right. and now he's he's not even a first-round projected guy. It, it, it's gonna There's going to be a lot more gyms in this draft class, I think, just because of everything going around with the coronavirus. It's hard to get yeah, physicals. And you mentioned guys that, that are hurt, guys that ended the season hurt last year. Thaddeus Moss is another one of those guys. He was supposed mm-hmm. to be a first-round tight end prospect, and – I have not even heard his name since he had foot surgery just a couple months ago. So that'll be something to keep an eye moving forward. But, Sam, pick number four, New York, is on the clock. We haven't done this in a while. I forgot we were even going to do this, but New York is on the clock. 
I completely forgot that we had the NFL draft noise. So we'll, we'll kind of glance. Still had that from the 2009 NBA draft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll glance over that. We'll act like we've been doing that the first four picks. But Sam, New York, who you got? Uh, I'm going the same way you did, uh, Andrew. I'm going Jedrick Wills. Um, I think, you know, they need some help uh, on the offensive line, especially, you know, with uh, – Daniel Jones back there. They need to get him some protection and make sure, you know, he stays on his feet in the pocket. So, Jedrick Wills for me. And it goes to Miami at number five. This is kind of where it could get interesting because I think Miami is definitely going to take the second quarterback off the board, but it depends on who that second quarterback is. I'll start. I'll go number five, Miami. It's a guy I don't think they'll take Herbert. Although I personally think Herbert's the second-best quarterback in this draft. They've been talking about looking at Tua. They're probably going to get Tua, and I think that's where it's going to happen. And and Miami, for me, they're going to take Tua off the board at number five. Sam, pick number five with Miami. Uh, I'm going the same way. I'm t- think that the Dolphins, all this time leading up to the draft, they've thought, you know, we're taking Tua Tagovailoa, and I think they do that with the – Number five pick, um, you mentioned you think Herbert's the second guy behind Joe Burrow. I think two is that. I think, you know, just the way he's played at Alabama, the way he stepped into big situations at such a young age. Um, yeah, he does have injury issues, but when it comes to the bid time, you want to attack Loa under center. And that's why I think that the Dolphins are going to take him. So Sam and I have the same first five picks down the order. It's almost It's almost – you know, that's how it goes, Sam. You and I, every time we make a list, it's just the same thing basically until it gets like midway through, and then we finally will get some differences. And I think I think by about pick seven or eight. I think seven. I think we're gonna, yeah. seven for sure because I think you and I are probably thinking the same thing at six. Brady, who do you have at number five, though? Um, Andrew, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth when you were talking about I, I believe Justin Herbert is the best quarterback in this draft. And um, – I, I think Miami, though, has just been talking for about a year now about you know, Tua, Tua, Tua. So I think here they kind of have to go Tua. I did see some reports earlier that said um, that they actually might even take, an, take a tackle with this pick, which I could see and then maybe take Jordan Love at 18 or whatever. But right now I'm going to stick with what I've been saying. I'm going to say they take Tua at five. That could be an interesting concept. Jordan Love at 18 later down the line if they don't take him there. I, I could see that. I don't think that's a smart move for Miami, but at the same time, who knows? Who knows? That's that's why we make these these mock drafts just to just to kind of see what what could happen. So Brady, we'll stick with you. Pick number six, L.A. Chargers. They're also without a quarterback, and I think you're probably going down the same boat that Sam and I are all going down. Yeah, I think so. I think we're thinking the same thing here. Um, I'm going to go with Justin Herbert. I, I like I said. Uh, just a second ago, I think he is the best quarterback in this draft. I think the Chargers definitely got a good one. Whether they might have to trade up for him, they might not. Who knows? But I think definitely Justin Herbert will will land with the Chargers, and I think he'll have to sit behind Tyrod Taylor for you know as long as it takes, maybe a full year. But I think he'll definitely be the best quarterback out of this draft, in my opinion. He might even be in that same situation that um, oh shoot the uh, Rams guy. Rams get Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Same situation. I kept thinking Carson Wentz because they're in that same draft class one and two. He might be in that same situation that Jared Goff was in, where he'll he'll get a game or two in immediately right off the bat, and then think that. And you see that you see that with a lot of those, like Mitchell Trubisky, that happened too. Yeah, and and a lot of those guys where the plan is, you know, sit behind him for a year, but then Baker Mayfield's the same way with Tyrod Taylor actually. 
Mm-hmm. But, well, you know, I, I think I think his situation was a little bit different because Tyrod Taylor had a concussion. I think that was when Baker yeah, slid in and kind of took true. it. But it, it's worked in the past, and obviously here locally in Kansas City, it worked for Patrick Mahomes. Sat a year behind Alex Smith, came in that Week 17 game his rookie year, played pretty well, and then was handed the reins from then on out. It could be something there in, in L.A. where it works well and in that same division. Who knows? Justin Herbert may have a couple of rough games off the bat, but I think that's where it could get a little bit more interesting. And Sam, we'll get to yours now because it looks like Justin Herbert's across the board. Yeah, Justin Herbert's across the board. I think you know he's going to be taken by the Chargers. Chargers need a quarterback, and he's the best one available. And I think he's the third third best quarterback in this draft. And you know, you mentioned he's probably going to sit behind Tyrod Taylor for maybe most of the year. And, um, you know, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes, what he did. I don't think you could really compare what the Chargers are going to do to what the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes because he was just insane. He probably could have started right out the gate. Probably, oh, yeah. It's probably better than Alex Smith. So I don't know about – I think what he's going to be always c- comparing Baker Mayfield. I think if Tyrod Taylor gets hurt, then, you know, obviously throw him in. But um, he's probably going to sit behind Tyrod until that happens. And, you know, who knows if it happens or not. But definitely – Justin Herbert's going to Los Angeles to play with the Chargers in those nice new uniforms. And, and I'll preface with saying that I wasn't thinking he was going to come in and, and be league MVP in his sophomore oh, yeah. year I mean, and, yeah. and then on and so forth. But I think the, the route to being an NFL starter will be the same in L.A. as if Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. But pick number seven, Carolina Panthers. This is one that's interesting. They get Teddy Bridgewater. They sign run CMC Christian McCaffrey to a massive extension deal. Um, I think they lose Greg Olson over the offseason as well, lose Luke Keekley during the middle of the year. That was something that a lot of people didn't really know and expect. I don't think anybody expected that to happen. It's just kind of some of the weird things. Patrick Willis did it the same thing too, retired early from the NFL. Uh, just a lot of toll on that middle linebacker spot. So, Sam, we'll start with you. Carolina number seven. This is where I think you and I might go somewhere different. I think uh, this is where I have Isaiah Simmons going. I think uh, Isaiah Simmons, you know, probably the best linebacker in, in this draft, probably the second best um, defensive player behind Chase Young. Uh, I think this is where he goes. I think the Panthers, um, you know, take him to take over what Luke Keekley, that big hole. Uh, that needs to be filled. Obviously, he's not going to come in first year, be Luke Keekley, but also, you know, we've seen what they've done. They Panthers can, uh, you know, groom linebackers can uh, progress them very well. So Isaiah Simmons going to Carolina. So Sam takes Isaiah Simmons at seven. I agree. Isaiah Simmons at seven. Brady, you said it earlier. That's why you already have him off your board. He's one of the best defensive prospects in this year's draft, aside from Chase Young, and and I think it just didn't work with some of those teams yes the the pick could easily convert in in any of those systems that are ahead of him the chargers miami new york detroit even but it just doesn't it's not the right fit if that makes sense it just doesn't seem like the timing is right for carolina it makes a little bit more sense some of their linebackers are older luke keekley just retired this carolina team is a team that's really bent on making the defense a priority it just fits for Carolina, and that's why I also have them taking Isaiah Thomas, or excuse me, Isaiah Simmons, not Isaiah Thomas. I don't know why I thought that. But Brady, you already have Isaiah Simmons off the board, so who do you have? Um, actually, I so if Isaiah Simmons does not go forward to the Giants, whether they pick a tackle or they trade out or whatever, I do think Isaiah Simmons does not get past Carolina. So you guys, um, we're, we kind of have the same thoughts there. But you have that here, safety actually, valve, okay. With Simmons off the board here, I, I in this scenario, I'd have to go with Javon Kenlaw. 
I think they're going to go interior D line and try to get that and maybe maybe start trying to build their defense from the front end and go to the back. Not bad. Kinlaw, not a bad pick. I have him a little bit slated later, but I yeah. will say I do have Kinlaw in the first round. I think I think you'd be kind of a, a, a fool not to have him in the first round. Yeah. So I haven't seen him going top 10 very much, but definitely Kinlaw is a first round and uh, it prospect. Could, and it makes sense if, given what Brady has happened, it makes sense to have them take Kinlaw, move something around there in that sense. But Arizona, that next pickup, I have him taking Derek Brown. They need to kind of bolster that inside uh, defensive tackle spot. They get something going for them. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work well. I think that they're a much more defensive-based team than a lot of the NFL has. The offense is getting better. They obviously just got DeAndre Hopkins. They're looking pretty good. They're filling that running back spot that they had open that was kind of up for grabs. That spot has been filled. Wide receivers are younger, aside from aside from Larry Fitzgerald, obviously, <laughs> father time himself out there running routes. But Arizona's got that defense getting up to code. They're getting there, and it works. Derek Brown, pick number eight for Arizona for me. Sam, who do you got? Well, this is where we finally disagree, Andrew. Uh, I have them taking uh, offensive linemen. I have, taken them, t- have them taking Tristan Wirfs from Iowa, I think that you know they need to give Kyler Murray time in the pocket. Obviously, he can get out of the pocket very easily, but you know with DeAndre Hopkins, they need to give him time to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins, and I think that starts with Tristan Wirfs. Tristan Wirfs, not a bad pick. Kyler Murray needs to needs to be able to stay in the pocket. I think he has the same kind of issue that Detroit has, where you get the guy that you want, but now you have to protect the guy that you want. Tristan Wirfs, a great pick there at number at number eight, rather. I think he. I think I said earlier he was the number one offensive uh, line prospect, but it it's going to take a little bit to find that right team. And Tristan Wirfs in Arizona is a good fit. Brady, number eight. And you know this is actually a, I think it's kind of a just like it's a loaded receiver class, which has gotten a lot of attention. But I think it's also a loaded tackle class. And I'm on the same track as Sam here. I have Tristan Wirfs going to Arizona number eight. I you know Arizona needs that protection for Kyler Murray. And, and I think now they're going to – I think they're really going to go after that offensive side of the ball, you know, since they got DeAndre Hopkins, and they might follow that Chiefs formula, you know, get the offensive side and then go after your defense. So so we'll see. I, I have Tristan Morris going here. I think he's the best tackle in this class. But it's a very loaded tackle class, so he's not – you're not really missing out if you don't. Yeah, you're right. This, this, this class is really interesting in that I think there's a lot of times where it's like quarterback – You've got some good linebackers in there, some good defensive prospect guys, but this is really an offensive heavy line, like offensive line heavily in this class. And all three of us taking a tackle. I'm the only one taking one that's a defensive tackle at pick number eight. Pick number nine, though, for Jacksonville. This is where it could get interesting. Jacksonville's kind of been on the the sell mode in the last couple of weeks, months. Even they've traded a lot to get a bunch of picks for next year. So they might even possibly trade this pick. I've, I've seen them in a couple of mock drafts trade this pick as well, pick number nine. I've seen them trade with Atlanta, who's usually a big buyer at the, at the, uh, the, the draft. That's something that could happen. For me, though, I'm going to keep with, with the no trades in, in mind. I'm going to have them taking C.J. Henderson, a, a great corner. They fill the spot. They release A.J. Bouye uh, during, the, I think, the middle of the year or the beginning of the offseason. They also trade away Jalen Ramsey. They need to fill a spot, kind of the same situation that Detroit's in. you got to fill a spot. C.J. Henderson is probably the second-best corner, aside from Jeff Okuda, 
Um, you can make an argument for some of those other guys as well, A.J. Terrell, some of the other guys later on in the first round, but I think C.J. Henderson is probably the second best guy across the board there, and that's why I have Jacksonville taking them at number nine, assuming they don't trade down like what Brady said. But Brady, who do you have at number nine? Uh, my number nine, so Jacksonville, I think I think they will pick here at nine, and I could see them maybe trading at 20. Um, I just don't see them trading out of the top 10 here when they can get a talent. Uh, you know, a talented guy out of this class. Um, so my number nine, I actually have them uh, sticking with the offensive side of the ball. And, and they're in a weird spot right now with Gardner Minshew. And I think they're going to stick with him for this year, but a guy to protect him and then maybe possibly Trevor Lawrence next year if they, if things go that route. So I think they're going to go with Jedrick Wills. And uh, now you, I know you guys had him at four. Um, I had him down here at nine just because I don't see a fit in between four and nine. But I think Jedrick Wills is the, He's right there with Worf as one of the best tackles in this class. I think he's the second best. So I think they go here. I think that means we have, let's see here, three, two, two or three. We have two or three tackles in the first, in the top 10, which I, I can't tell you the last time that that's happened even. Yeah. I mean, maybe 2013. Maybe, maybe. But Sam, number nine, who you got? Well, this is, I mean, I thought we'd be off on our own tracks now. Uh, Andrew, but we have the same pick again. I'm also going C.J. Henderson. I think, you know, um, A.J. Bouye, he leaving, and then Jalen Ramsey during the season, um, that leaves a huge hole in the secondary. They're looking to bolster that defense back up, and I think that starts with C.J. Henderson, who's one of the best offensive uh, backs in this draft, probably the second best behind Jeff Okuda. I think that's kind of funny, actually, too, that <laughs> – just so, just so the listeners at home know, Sam and I are not looking at each other's. We we are filling it in pick by pick here as we go. So Sam and I have no idea what the other one is saying, and we're not just trying to make it work to have the same one. But you know what they say, Sam: great minds think alike, and you and I are on the same page. Not to say that Brady isn't a smart man, but it looks like it looks like it, I, there's a he lot of different has... possibilities. There's only a couple different options yeah. you have than us. So I guess the day-to-day picks crew is all and he's on the same all, page. He's pit the the only person that he he hasn't that he's pit that we haven't is Javon Kinlaw, which I'm sure we're gonna get to. Yeah, and I have Derek Brown, and yeah. and you you have to have someone else. It looks like oh no, because you and Brady both picked Tristan Wirfs. But we'll get to pick number ten, the last one out of the top ten, Cleveland Browns. Sam, we'll start with you now. Who do you got at number 10? Uh, I'm going to go with Andrew Thomas, uh, another tackle out of Georgia. I think that they really need to bolster you know, on the offensive line to you know get Baker Mayfield some time. Maybe you know Baker Mayfield didn't have such a great per- performance last year, and maybe if they bolstered that offensive line up, get, get some time in the pocket for him that you know he'd have uh, a lot of confidence throwing the ball to guys like Odell Beckham Jr. and Jar- Jarvis Landry and you know, they've got the talent for it. They just, you know, haven't had the results. And so I think maybe with this pick that uh, they finally get that final piece to get Baker Mayfield over the top and performing like he should. I could easily see them taking tackle in this in this round here and spot at number ten. Brady, number ten for Cleveland. At my number ten, I have I haven't taken Andrew Thomas. I, I think this one I've actually only really seen them taking Andrew Thomas at this spot. You know, maybe I could see somewhere on the defense, like a linebacker maybe, but um, Andrew Thomas to me is the perfect fit for the Browns. He, he kind of would be he'll, – he'll act as that replacement to Joe Thomas only one year in advance, I guess. But I think I think this would be a really good pick for them, you know, protect your franchise quarterback and, you know. I, I No, I, I completely agree. Andrew Thomas is what I've been seeing a lot of um, in mock drafts and stuff for Cleveland, but – I'll go on a different limb here. Tristan Wirfs is still available for me, and I think that's where he will go. 
So I will take Tristan Wirfs at number 10 uh, for Cleveland just because he's still on the board for me. Otherwise, Andrew Thomas is probably that next tackle prospect from what I've seen. Um, so uh, same rationale that you guys had for Baker Mayfield. You just want to protect your guy. They need a tackle. Tristan Wirfs is on the board. Andrew Thomas is a definite good pink as well at number 10. So outside of the top 10, we got the New York Jets. We have the Las Vegas Raiders, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, and then Denver in your next five picks. And we'll start with the Jets at number 11. Brady, who you got at number 11? So I've been struggling with this one. I Not, the, not with the position necessarily. I in my opinion, I think the Jets need to go after a receiver here. They've had Sam Darnold for two years now, and they still have, they haven't really gotten him much help besides Robbie Anderson at receiver. So I have taken a receiver. The thing I've struggled with is which receiver because, you know, there, it's been every day it seems like there's a new receiver who's ranked number one. And so I'm, in my opinion, I'm, I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. I think he's the best receiver in this class. Uh, I think he'll be a, a pro bowler in the future. So I, I'm going to go with him at 11. I think that's a Jerry Judy's probably. I see. I'm in the same boat. I think that uh, yeah, there's so many different uh, wide receiver ratings and rankings, and every single person's like, "Oh, C.D. Lamb's the best guy," and they're like, "No, it's it's this guy and this guy and Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs." And it's there's so many just good wide receivers, but I I don't see the New York Jets taking wide receiver for me. I have them still taking uh, Makai Becton. That's a guy that they had listed early on whenever the draft and the and the mock drafts came out. They had him pegged, and he's been pegged as their guy. They need to get an offensive line guy because, man, it does not look good uh, for them. And with Wirfs already off the board, Jedrick Wells off the board, they still have Andrew Thomas on the board, but I think that they take a risk because it's the New York Jets. The Jets have never picked someone that they've been a, a solid prospect and that everybody said, oh, that's a really good pick. I just don't see them taking a guy that they think is a really good pick. So that's why I have them taking Makai Becton. And Sam, who you got? For me, I went with uh, the other side of the ball. I went defensive. I'm, I'm going with Derek Brown here. Uh, I think that the Jets really need to bolster their defense. It's not – I mean, both of their offensive defense hasn't been great. So whichever side you pick, you're really not missing out. But I think this – they really try to bolster their defensive line, get Derrick Brown, and try to get some pressure on the opposing quarterback. Defensive line could be a good one. The Jets have been pretty good about getting defensive line prospects. I will give them that. But – Outside of the New York Jets at 11, the Las Vegas Raiders officially on the clock for the first time, I think, ever. I don't think they've ever been on the clock at all. So I have Las Vegas taking a wide receiver. As Brady mentioned, they need to get a guy off the board. CeeDee Lamb is a guy just that fits kind of the mold of wide receiver that they have been trying to go after. A speed guy, has a lot of good upside, not a whole lot of visible negatives, but it's also Las Vegas. We'll see how it pans out. Amari Cooper panned out pretty well till they got rid of him going over to Dallas to, to yeah. play for Sam's Cowboys. But we'll go to Sam now because I have CeeDee Lamb off the board. So, Sam, pick number 12 for Las Vegas. For me, I think I don't, I don't think they take a quarterback at this spot. I know like people think maybe Derek Carr uh, could be on his way out, but I don't think they've completely given up on Derek Carr, and that's why I think they made this pick. I have them taking Makai Becton. I think they give – Carr some help on the offensive line just to see if maybe he can get back into his almost MVP candidacy the season, I think 2014 or whatever it was uh, that year that Derek Carr had that he was just completely great for 
the Raiders. So I think they bolster the offensive line to give Derek Carr one final shot at, uh, you know, getting back to his former self. And, and, you know, if this doesn't pan out, then they'll definitely look for another quarterback. I think so, too. Brady, last guy here at number 12. Who's Vegas taking? Um, I have back-to-back receivers going here. Andrew, we're on the same page here. I think CeeDee Lamb goes. They need a they need a number one receiver, a pure number one receiver. They have Tyrell Williams there in the A-B situation. Obviously, it didn't work out last year, but CeeDee Lamb, I think, is the pick here, and I think it'll be a good one. I think so, too, and we'll go into number 13 now with San Francisco. I like your, your synopsis of back-to-back wide receivers so much that I'm going to take it myself, and I think that San Francisco – We'll take Henry Ruggs III with their pick here at number 13. It makes sense. They lose a wide receiver. They're kind of looking to get someone else. Running back-wise, they're stacked. Offensive line, they look pretty good. Their defense is obviously the best in the NFL. There's really not a whole lot of other positions that they need. They have the second or third best tight end in the whole NFL in George Kittle. It's just a great position on offense. You're not really looking for too much. You're the the runner-up for the Super Bowl, and you're picking at number 13. It looks good. It looks good if you're San Francisco. Henry Ruggs, why not take it? Looks like a good guy, speedy speedster as well. So, Brady, back to you now. Are you going to take a third wide receiver in a row? You know, I actually originally had had that, and I'm, I was just going back to change it. I I think that's actually a real possibility at 12 through 14 is three receivers. I mean, if you think that it's, it's all needs. Um, so originally, yes, I had Henry Ruggs, but I'm actually going to change this and go with Derek Brown here. I think, you know, they traded this pick. They they, they traded uh, Forrest Buckner for this pick, or was it Armstead? I it was uh, Buckner. Buckner, yeah. It was Buckner. Okay, so I think, you know, since they, they lost that interior D-line, they'll, they'll go after that again here with this pick um, just to kind of replace them for a cheaper price here. So I think, I think that's where they go with 13. I could see that. They fill the spot that they need. Get some money back on that on that payroll. Get someone good going in there at number thirteen. So Sam, rounding out pick number thirteen. We're almost halfway through the first round. Who does San Francisco take? I think San Francisco in this takes a wide receiver, getting uh, Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit more uh, you know, weapons, and you know Emmanuel Sanders going to New Orleans. They have to fill that role. So I think this is where they take C.D. Lamb. I think C.D. Lamb is the first wide receiver off the board I don't think he's the best wide receiver but I think he's gonna be the first one off the board I completely agree and I had him as my first wide receiver as well same rationale I think Jerry Judy is probably the best wide receiver in the whole class and I don't even have him as my second wide receiver off the board yeah that's what I think too Jerry Judy I I, I think that's the same thinking that uh, that Brady has because he has him first off right Brady you think that Jerry Judy is probably the best wide receiver in my opinion he is yeah that's what I was thinking. Tampa Bay now, they're in an interesting spot. 8-8, eight and eight, not great last year. You get rid of your guy, Jameis Winston. You bring in the, the man, the myth, the legend, Tom Brady himself, to come down and play in Tampa Bay. That's something that you got moving forward for your offense. You also get Rob Gronkowski. You still have all of your offensive wide receivers, your weapons, your powerhouse players. You still have O.J. Howard probably likely going to be your starting wide receiver, your starting tight end, rather. Well, do you think O.J. Howard's going to be the starting tight end? I think as of right now, he is. I don't think Rob Gronkowski knows the offense well enough to step in and play it. Although I will say that they'll probably run a lot more two wide or two tight end sets like they did in New England because it's Bruce Arian. But we'll see. Uh, there's a lot of different different viewpoints. But 
I don't think a skilled position is something that Tampa Bay is going to take here, and that's why I have them taking Andrew Thomas with this pick. A little bit later than you guys had him going, but your your number one focus on offense at this point needs to be keeping Tom Brady safe because you're paying him almost $20 million. I think it was $20 million, maybe even $25 million a year to come play in Tampa Bay. You want to get something going on offense. Andrew Thomas, bolster up that offensive line. So that's why I have Andrew Thomas off the board at number 14. Brady, who you got at 14? Um, we're kind of going in the same uh, same direction here. I actually have Mekhi Becton going here, I, and I wrote down in my description, I said they need to find a way to protect their new 43-year-old franchise quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I, I haven't taken Mekhi Becton here. Um, I, I actually really like Mekhi Becton as a prospect. I think he's he's kind of sliding down some boards a little bit right now, I think, because I believe he has some injury issues, if I'm not mistaken. But um, I, I have him going here, and I think he'll be a good pick. I think it could be certainly, certainly. And then Sam, rounding out number 14. For me, I'm going to the other line and going to the defensive line. This is where I think the Buccaneers, you know, try to bolster their defense. They have their offense. They have their pieces. They got Kronk, O.J. Howard, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and, of course, Tom Brady. I think they're safe there. And this is where I think they take Javon Kinlaw just to bolster that defensive line and, you know, get the other side of the ball just as good as the offensive side of the ball. I could see that. I could see that. And I'm, I'm currently making some changes to mine because I think that there's some different things that, that could pop up as well. So as we're doing this, um, we'll go through and, and we're supposed to have 40 minutes on the Zoom call with Brady. So if for some reason we, we drop Brady on the call, we'll have to take a break and we'll come back and we'll, we'll get him back up and going. But for now, we're almost midway through the first round. Denver is on the clock at number 15. And we'll start with Sam. Who are you taking with Denver? Uh, for me, I think they need to get um, Drew Locke uh, more weapons than just uh, Cortland Sutton. So this is where I have Jerry Judy going off the board. I have uh, the Broncos taking Judy and, you know, pairing him with Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton. is nice young uh, core for the offense, and I think it'll work out for the Broncos. I think it could as well. Jerry Judy off the board for Sam Brady. Who do you have with Denver? I think if John Elway's listening right now, he's going to think he's dreaming because uh, this is kind of the perfect scenario for him. And I, I think if Henry Ruggs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs have been rumored, you know, if he slips into the 20s that they want to trade up for him. I don't think that there's – I think there's a 0% chance I'm that confident that he does not slip past 15 here. I think Denver would, wouldn't even take a second to think about if they were going to take him or not right here. To run, run that by me one more time. I missed who you said they were actually taking. I, I think they're taking Henry Ruggs. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a smart pick. Wide receiver's probably where they're going to go. I agree. I'm going with Sam on Jerry Judy as well. I initially had them taking Caleb on Chase on just because I really like him. I think he's probably one of the better edge rushers in this draft. Very underrated. It's hard to be underrated when you're a top prospect. But for me personally, I liked what I saw from him this season. I've watched pretty much the majority of his tape this year. He's a great player, good edge rusher. But for Denver, it makes sense to kind of get more of an offensive weapon. And right before Sam said Jerry Judy, I realized I still had him on my board here at number 15. So I'm going to take Jerry Judy as well at 15, moving down to 16 with Atlanta. Atlanta's kind of in a tricky spot because, we, as we've talked about, they're in a position where they could move forward if they want to, move up into the draft as well. They could also slide down if need be. I don't think they're going to slide down. If anything, they'll slide up 
they'll they'll move up to probably a top ten pick if potentially with I think we talked about this one as well with the Jacksonville Jaguars at number nine that could be something that they've kind of moved around and that's one that's been kind of looked at as well. So it looks like NFL.com actually has them making that trade with the 49ers, or not with the 49ers, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, rather. So that could be something to keep an eye on as well. They're definitely a mover when it comes to draft day. They've moved in the last couple of drafts. But Atlanta at 16, Brady, we'll start with you. Uh, here at 16, you kind of said it a little bit ago, Andrew, but I think they take Caleb on Chase on here. I, I think if they don't trade up to get somebody in the top 10, or maybe even trade up with Washington at two here, but um, I think they take Caleb on chase on. They, there's a lot of raw talent there and, you know, they Atlanta likes to go get the the raw talent, the guys who aren't quite ready yet, you know, like uh, to Carson McKinley from I think 2017. Um, but he's kind of, he's kind of like that, just, you know, a little bit more ready NFL ready version. Of, so I'm going to go Caleb on chase on. And I'm going to go with the guy that you picked earlier in this draft we gave you a little bit of, of some static for it at, no, at the at the ranking that you had him at. Caleb Vaughn, or not Caleb Vaughn, you, you just said Caleb Vaughn, Chase on J, uh, Javon Kinley at number seven is what you had him at. I'm going to have Atlanta taking him here at number 16. That defensive line gets something going there. The defense was good a couple of years ago. They just weren't healthy. Now they're a little bit more depleted. The offense looks a little bit more rugged as well. But Javon Kinlaw looks like a guy that could fit pretty well with that defense. Sometimes a lot of people either have him really high on the list or the slides a lot as well. Um, he had some knee problems as well at the end of the season with tendonitis. He has a good backstory, though. I think that's something to keep an eye on as well. Atlanta gets the guy that they want at defensive tackle with Javon Kinlaw. And Sam, rounding out number 16, we're almost through midway. Uh, I'm I'm gonna agree with Brady. I think this is where the Falcon State Calavon chase on. I think um, they're good with the offensive side of the ball. You know they have Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and just picked up Todd Gurley, so they don't really need much on the offensive side. So their defense has always kind of been their struggling part of their team, and so I think they bolster that with Calavon chase on. So Sam also taking Calavon chase on. We're halfway through. The first round of the NFL 2020 draft, the Actually, virtual draft. Not really halfway. There's 32 teams. Uh, I was picked 16. Was picked, oh, I was thinking there's pit 15. My bad. That got halfway me. through. Numbers are kind of hard sometimes. It's yeah. all right, Sam. I thought I thought, <laughs> I thought this was pit 15. My bad. No, we're good. Pick number 17 to Dallas. We'll save Sam for last because it's the Dallas Cowboys, his team. I have them taking Kenneth Murray with this pick. Another great linebacker prospect. Um, we were talking before the show, Sam and I were, about the possibility of the Cowboys taking a linebacker. They're a little bit depleted when it comes to the defensive side in some positions more depth than anything. But linebacker spot, Sean Lee is getting older. They need a kind of a guy to fill that. He's not going to play all 16 games. I don't think he's played all 16 games in a long time. But Kenneth Murray is a guy that could come in, slide in, play a couple of games when need be, a lot of rotational work as well. That's a guy that could fit pretty well with that Dallas defense. So, Brady, who do you have at 17? Um, actually, this pick kind of changed for me whenever I changed the um, San Francisco pick at 13. But um, I originally had had uh, the Cowboys getting Xavier McKinney with this pick, but I'm going to change that to C.J. Henderson. I think he's, a, like you said earlier when, when you picked him, he is the second-best corner in this draft. And I think he's a, he'll be a good pick. He'll be a solid player, and he'll be a good replacement for uh, Byron Jones. And that's kind of a, an interesting spot because there really isn't a whole lot of teams that scream needing help at corner 
and and there's only a handful of teams that pick before Dallas. So it's interesting that that C.J. Henderson, the second best corner that we've all kind of agreed on, could slide all the way down to 17. It's just an interesting spot. And Sam, rounding out with you here, who are your Cowboys taking mm-hmm. at 17? The Cowboys for me are taking a cornerback, but I think uh, not obviously C.J. Henderson off my board. I think they take Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama just to slide into Byron Jones's role, just take over for him, and you know to see what he can do with the Cowboys. Is you know Trayvon Diggs, Alabama players, you know especially people from the secondary or position players like that, skill positions really gel well to the NFL, and I think Trayvon Diggs will do just that. I, I certainly think so. Corner and, and linebacker are kind of the only spots that jump out to me that, that Dallas kind of doesn't really need help with, but it would it would definitely benefit from those positions. And I think now at 18, we talked about the possibility of Miami not taking a quarterback with their with their first selection in the first round at number five. We all have them picking Tua at number five still, even with Herbert on the board. So I think Miami is in a weird spot now. Uh, they kind of got the guy they want at quarterback. I have them taking Austin Jackson, another offensive tackle. That was a guy that, that we kind of looked at, and, and I think Brady mentioned it as well, that there there's a bunch of rumors that they could take a tackle and then try and go after a guy like Jordan Love at quarterback at number 18. I don't think that's as reasonable, but I think now that they've got Tua, why not get an offensive tackle? And I think that's where Austin Jackson comes in. That could be a guy that slides in, plays pretty well for that Miami Dolphins team. And Sam... You're still got to put in your Dallas pick, and you're getting to it right now. But Miami at number 18, who are the Dolphins taking? Uh, I'm going to agree with you, Andrew. I think Austin Jackson from USC goes off the board here. Definitely need to bolster that offensive line now that you have Tua. And so, you know, you have kind of all the pieces around him. You maybe need a little uh, help with the skill positions, but definitely the offensive line needs help. And this is where they get that help with Austin Jackson. It fits. It works pretty well. And Brady, rounding out pick number 18. Um, I, I think we're on the same page here, Andrew. This is such a weird spot for, for Miami here. Um, you know, they got their quarterback at number five, and they're not really in a position to go get a defensive guy in this spot, I don't think. But at, also at tackle spot, I think it's a little early for Austin Jackson. So I, I think that actually would they would trade out of this spot in this scenario. But in this situation, I'm not going to have them doing that. So I, I'm going to have them maybe a little reach, but for Austin Jackson as well. Uh, yeah, certainly Miami could slide down. I think that's a real possibility just because they got the guy they want in a quarterback, even if it's them trading up to get them at, uh, at at number three if they trade up with Detroit. That could be an interesting concept, and they really could honestly trade down. if they In that scenario of them trading up two spots to number three, they give up that second-round pick. I think there's possibility that they easily do trade down from number 18, get a second-round pick back in something else, even potentially sliding down a couple of spots. Who knows? But Austin Jackson across the board for Miami for us. We'll go to Las Vegas at 19 and then Jacksonville again at pick number 20. And then we'll kind of speed through the last 12 or so just because some of those positions really aren't as needed. They're a little bit more depth as well for some of those guys. But Las Vegas Raiders at number 19. Brady, will stick with you on this one. Uh, for the Raiders here, I'm going to have them going to the defensive side of the ball as their second pick. I, ha- I had them getting a receiver in the first. So I-, I have them getting Patrick Queen here out of LSU. He- he's the – I mean, he can really do anything at linebacker. You know, you can put him on the edge. You can have him in the middle. 
So I, I think he's a kind of a not he's not a one trick pony, I guess. So I'm gonna go with Patrick Queen here for at, for Las Vegas. I think that's certainly a good pick. Queen is kind of one of those guys that's been underrated at a linebacker spot. He's a guy that that everybody just kind of glances past just because there are some good names in this first round for sure. And Patrick Queen, for some reason, hasn't been on a lot of people's radar. I've I've rarely seen him in the top fifteen of an of a mock draft, and even even to twenty, I think that's where it gets interesting. But he's certainly worth it at number nineteen. Mike Mayock is a hell of a, a drafter, and obviously because that's why they brought him into the crew. But for me, at number nineteen, Jalen Johnson seems to be the guy that, that they've interviewed, and he has done some pretty good things for them in the interview that they've they've talked to him with out of Utah. Uh, Mayock knows what he's doing, it seems like. In the last year or two, he went pretty well. Picked up a guy that, I don't know, maybe almost won Rookie of the Year if it wasn't for Kyler Murray being a quarterback. Jalen Johnson could also play pretty well on that defensive side of the ball. They also fill a cornerback spot that looks pretty well that they, they need to get that filled as well. So, Sam, rounding out pick number 19. For me, I think the Raiders also go on the defensive side of the ball, but and also go DB, but I think they take Xavier McKinney out of Alabama. I think uh, you look at what uh, picks I've had, I think he's the best available in terms of defensive backs of what I have left. And, um, you know, I think that the Raiders need that help in uh, the secondary, and so Xavier McKinney would definitely help them out. Certainly would, and I'm trying to find – the, the the right thing for my next guy that I have coming off the board. So I guess I'll just I'll put myself later on because I have the power to do that. But Jacksonville at number 20. Sam, who's Jacksonville taking at 20? I think Jacksonville is going to take an offensive lineman here. I think they're taking Josh Jones at 20. I think get Leonard Fournette some help to uh, run and also get Gardner Minshew some help uh, when he's does drop back to pass. So I think, you know, I've heard a lot of good things about Josh Jones out of Houston probably one of the more underrated tackles. I mean, this is an amazing tackle uh, draft and another one coming off the board here, Josh Jones. So Sam taking Josh Jones. Brady, who you got at 20? Um, I, I believe that possibility would be that Jacksonville will slide out of this spot, maybe pick up more future picks. But in this scenario at 20, I have them getting Christian Fulton, a quarter out of LSU. You know, they need to fill that um, the holes left by A.J. Bouye and Jalen Ramsey. And they didn't do that with their in their first pick with me, so I have them getting Christian Fulton here at LSU. And this and this puts me in a tough spot because the guy that I the guy that I've been looking at at this spot that fits fairly well, it looks like there there's been some rumors that he may or may not be medically cleared by a lot of NFL teams. I have uh, let's see Terrell Lewis at this pick here at number twenty guy. I think he I, he might have gotten kicked off of Alabama's team this year or suspended for some of the games this year. But Terrell Lewis, a guy for played pretty well when he did play. I think he was highly touted um, in this year's draft coming up at the beginning of the year. I might have missed a couple of games. I'm not 100% sure his, his full story from this year. But I know he missed some games as well. I don't know for the reasoning and rationale behind it. But medically uncleared, it seems like, to by some teams. But I still think Jacksonville takes a shot on him. It wouldn't be the first time they've drafted a guy that that took a year or two off from football uh, at that linebacker spot. So I think Jacksonville takes a little bit of a gamble here with Terrell Lewis if they don't trade back, because I think Brady, you kind of hit it right there on the head. They might trade back in this spot as well. So Philadelphia at number 21, 
Philly's also kind of in a weird spot. They, they have a lot of different things they could do, and I think they're going to just take the best guy available, and that's Caleb on Chase on that I still have on the board. I, either, I don't think you guys have him on the board anymore. But for me, I think that he fits well with this team here, a defensive-heavy team. It makes sense. Caleb on Chase on off the board at 21 for me. Sam, who you got? And for me, um, you know, they, they just uh, lost Nelson Aguilar to the Eagles, so I think they take a wide receiver here, and for that, I think they take Henry Rudds the third uh, in this. Uh, you know, probably the best available wide receiver left on the board, and I mean, you really can't go wrong with wide receiver in this draft. They're all really good, and so mm, Henry Ruggs the third doesn't quite drop down to the Chiefs, I don't think. I don't think they're going to trade up for him. I don't think they will either. I've seen a lot of talk about that because they compare him to Tyreek Hill, and I don't think if I'm the Chiefs, I don't trade up to get Henry Ruggs. It just doesn't make sense to me at all. But there there are four or five receivers that are really good talent. I just don't think that, that trading up to get a wide receiver ever works out really. But Brady, rounding out, pick number 21 to Philly, who you got? You know, I think that uh, a lot of Eagles fans especially, but a lot of NFL fans are going to be screaming wide receiver here for the Eagles, and that's been a need for them for the past two or three years, really. But I think in this draft class, when you have so many good receivers, that a lot of teams are just going to say, you know, I can wait till the second round or third round or whatever. And so I think that might cause a lot of receivers to slip, you know, like LaVisca Chenault or Denzel Mims or some of them. So I'm going to go with one of my favorite players in this draft at this spot, and I think it's Kenneth Murray. Um, Kenneth Murray, like I said, he's one of my favorite players in this draft. He's, I mean, not even off the, they're not just on the field. Like he's, he's defensive player of the year in the big 12. And he also, is just, I mean, he's just one of the best leaders in the nation really on the defensive side of the ball. So I have Kenneth Murray here. I think so too. That's a good pick. And, and Philly, it looks like, I don't think there's either, there's no wrong choice. You either pick defense or you pick a wide receiver. We've all kind of shown that right here. Philly's definitely had some weaknesses the last couple of years with sure hands and then being able to have younger guys on defense. That's something that they really haven't had a whole lot of. They've usually had a lot of more veteran players on the defensive side of the football. And at pick number 22 with Minnesota, there are some interesting possibilities that this could go with. I've seen a lot of people tabbing them take Justin Jefferson out of LSU, another wide receiver name. I don't think that's possible here. I've kind of been bouncing back two guys in my head um, for this Minnesota team. AJ Espineza, one of the guys, or Epineza rather, um, at that edge rusher, and then Yatur Grossmatis. I, I butchered that name, but we're going to go with him. I think he, Grossmatis, is probably the better edge rusher. Um, not to not to discredit AJ Epineza, but he, I'm, I'm not sure. Either one of these guys would be good. I think your tour though is a little bit better. And for me, you know, you mentioned Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, you said you didn't really think uh, the Vikings would go that way. Well, I think they do. I think they take Justin Jefferson with this pick. They need a replacement for Stephon Diggs and a number two option for Kirk Cousins. Uh, they still have Adam Thielen, and so maybe that'll take a little pressure off Adam Thielen. Do- doesn't have a number one wide receiver breathing down his neck. He knows he's going to get his catches now. And also, Justin Jefferson goes into a good number two role for that team. I certainly, it certainly could work, and I think that that's a good spot for them as well to get him. But So Justin Jefferson off the board for Sam at that number 22 spot to Minnesota. Brady, who you got? The Minnesota, they have 22 and 25 here. I think at those two picks they're going to go. I, I think I know which two positions they're going to get. Don't know which order, though. 
Um, so here at 22, I'm going to have him going with the, the corner route, and I have him getting Jalen Johnson out of Utah. I, this is one of he's one of my favorite corners in the draft with his um, athleticism and length. So I, I think he'll be a good pick for Minnesota to replace Xavier Rhodes. I think so too. It, it definitely fits, and a lot of people have had them taking digs. Um, Trayvon Diggs to get to go in there as well at that cornerback spot, but I, you, Jalen Johnson's not a bad pick. Having him come in works pretty well. I think he's probably the third, but I think after that one and two, after Henderson, it kind of there's a little bit more of a drop off at corner. Not a huge drop off, but a noticeable one at least. So pick number twenty three, New England. They lose Tom Brady. Everybody goes into panic. They go into shock and. Is Bill Belichick going to draft another quarterback? Sam, we'll start. He is. He is going to draft another quarterback, and he is going to draft Jordan Love out of Utah State. I think this is where Jordan Love comes off the board. He's been extremely hyped uh, ever since we've started talking about the draft. His stock has gone way up, and uh, I think this is where uh, you know Bill Belichick finds his replacement for Tom Brady. Obviously, don't know if he's going to be anywhere near as great as Tom Brady is and was, but he's going to take a shot with Jordan Love. So, Brady, are you also agreeing that uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots going to go quarterback in the first round at 23? You know, this is actually my favorite pick in this in this draft because, you know, all every fan across the NFL is wondering what quarterback are the Patriots going to get? Who are they going to get? No, they're going to do the most Patriots thing ever, and Bill Belichick's going to go get Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan. And you know he's he's a great guard. I mean he's he's probably could go earlier in this draft had the, had the interior line be in a more important position. But um, I think this is a good spot for him. He's a great player. Uh, he's shown a lot of good tape at Michigan, so I think they go hit here. I think he's definitely one of the better interior linemen. That's something that that's kind of across the board uh, consensus there. But pick number 23 for me, we're going to go back to the last pick that I had. I was debating between two guys, and I think whichever one doesn't go, New England just decides that that's going to be the guy they want. In this case, it's A.J. Epineza. He fits pretty well as an edge rusher. They could always use someone. New England's somehow going to find a way to get Jameis Winston for pennies on the dollar. They're going to find a way to get him for like a league minimum deal, kind of a uh, DeMarcus Cousins, if you will, veterans minimum type contract. So I think that's something New England is, is kind of just going to take the best guy available. Um, it makes sense to kind of get an edge rusher. Why not have another guy in New England that can go after the quarterback? Pick number 24 for New Orleans. Brady, who you got? Um, so this one, the Saints don't really have a glaring need anywhere. I mean, they're pretty they're pretty well filled out team. So I think they go best player available. But since he slipped this far, I think that they're going to go Jordan Love. And and this is they're really only going to go Jordan Love if they're not committed to to uh, Taysom Hill as their franchise quarterback. And they go back and forth on if they are or not. So I'm going to go with Jordan Love here. I I wouldn't definitely wouldn't be committed to Taysom Hill if I were them. That is quite a risk, and I think uh, Sean Payton has kind of said that they're not looking to go quarterback. But I also agree. I think that's kind of a, a kind of a, a red herring, if you will, just to kind of say, "Oh, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it." Drew Brees is our guy. Drew Brees is our guy. Why not get a guy like Jordan Love? Have him sit a year under Drew Brees, one of the probably one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the whole NFL history, just because some of the career statistics that Brees has. Probably makes him the best quarterback of all time, but a lot of people exclude him from a top five list even. 
Jordan Love has a really good spot to sit behind to learn the offense under Sean Payton. You've got Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. Fits pretty well. I think Jordan Love also is going to New Orleans. And, Sam, you already have Jordan Love off your board. So who do you have New Orleans drafting? You know, Brady mentioned they don't really have a glaring need, and so I think they're just going to bolster up their secondary. I have them taking A.J. Terrell out, out of Clemson. I think, you know, he can sit and maybe learn behind, um, you know, the uh, forget uh, their very good corner's name, but uh, sit behind the guys that uh, the Saints have that are very good and, you know, maybe come in and, you know, uh, do some work. Maybe when maybe someone gets hurt, you can come in, but – Saints don't really need anything, and so that's why I think they just take kind of the best guy available, A.J. Terrell. I think so, too. It could fit well. Kind of towards the back half of the first round, you're kind of, if you're not trading up to get someone, you're almost kind of saying, okay, well, we're going to fill for depth, just kind of get the next best guy available. And back to Minnesota at number 25, I think now is the time that they take Justin Jefferson for me. I think Sam already had him taking Justin Jefferson. I have them taking him now, two picks later or three picks later, I guess, technically. But Minnesota taking Justin Jefferson, filling a spot, they get the edge rusher that they want, and then they also get the wide receiver that they want. Just because after that third wide receiver, there's a little bit of a a drop between teams that actually need one versus teams that are just going to settle for a wide receiver. And that leaves Brady, I think, in a spot here at number 25. I don't think you have Justin Jefferson off your board yet. So where are you you going here? Um, similar direction. I actually don't have him taking Justin Jefferson. I have him getting a Brandon Ayuk at Arizona State. I think he's really similar to Stephon Diggs. I mean, both playmakers, they catch, they're good at the catch and run. But also, I mean, don't discredit their route running because they're also good good, good at catching the deep ball. So I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk here. Um, Justin Jefferson, I mean, I feel like past the top three receivers, really, you don't really know who's going to go fourth or fifth or sixth. There's a lot of differences there. So I could see Justin Jefferson here. I'm going with Brandon Ayuk, though. That could definitely work out. I've seen him going, uh, I think, NFL.com. Peter Schrager had him going at 24 to New Orleans. That could be something that could work, just kind of taking the next best available guy. It could make yeah. some sense. It could make some sense. Brandon Ayuk got of Arizona State. Not a bad pick there. And then Sam, Minnesota at number 25. You already have him taking Justin Jefferson three picks earlier. Who are they coming back and getting now at 25? Uh, this is where I think they take Patrick Queen. I think, um, you know, our, uh, Brady mentioned him uh, earlier. He's a very good linebacker, can really do anything uh, you ask of him. So uh, this is where I think he slips to 25 and the Vikings uh, pick him up. And, you know, they've had a good history of uh, kind of grooming linebackers. I mean, they've had Anthony Barr, who's a very good linebacker. So maybe they work him like Anthony Barr and uh, Patrick Queen, maybe in a good situation in Minnesota. It could work out. I think Patrick Queen, as I mentioned earlier, I've said this already, he's a very underrated uh, middle linebacker in that spot. He just doesn't a – lot, not a lot of people have him on their radar. It works out pretty well for him. It's a good spot to land at. Next pick up, we have Miami back on the clock, and we're going to assume that they still have this pick because I don't think anybody has said that they're in their mock draft having them go anywhere different. Miami, for me, I think this is where they take a little bit more of a risk. They have Jordan Howard. They have Kalen Balage, And then now it looks like I'm going to have them taking Jonathan Taylor with this pick at 26. Not bad. It makes some sense. They need a little. They need something to get going. They just got a new quarterback in Tua Tagovailoa and pick number five for me. They get the offensive tackle that they want at pick number 18 with Austin Jackson. 
why not get another guy, another skill position? Jonathan Taylor fits the bill, works pretty well. And there's really not a whole lot of, of offensive skill positions at running back that are that are you got DeAndre Swift. I think he's the number one running back, but I think for what Miami wants to do, it makes more sense to have Jonathan Taylor. So Sam, who do you got with Miami? Uh, Miami, I've been going uh, defense. They've already taken you know Tua and an offensive lineman. I think they go defense here. And this is where I think they take Yutur uh, Grus Matos. I, I butchered that name. Butchered but, it as well. But I think they take him. I think they bolster that defensive line and you know get some pressure on the opposing quarterback. I'm getting some emails there, some some surveys they're sending to me. So Sam taking another edge rusher for Miami. Well, not another. He's getting a edge rusher for Miami. Brady, rounding out pick number 26. We've got just a couple more left to go here in the first round. Who do you have at 26 for Miami? Uh, and, you know, Miami has the advantage and disadvantage, really, of, you know, they they needed every position coming into this draft, really, so they can almost just go best player available wherever they're picking. And I have them going heavy on the offensive side of the ball here. I think they get to a weapon. I think they go get Denzel Mims at a Baylor. That could work. I haven't seen him on a lot of people's mock drafts, but definitely getting another position for Tua to go after makes some sense. It could work. It's something to keep an eye on as well. So we'll go now. Pick number 27 for Seattle. We haven't made any trades, so Seattle still has that pick. So there's been some trades. The Packers are one of the teams looking up. I think Ian Rappaport had a tweet about it just a couple minutes ago. The Falcons, the Jets, the Saints, and the Packers are some of the teams that are talked about potentially moving up in the draft. The Jets probably moving up to get a tackle. And then New Orleans and Atlanta are usually some of the more aggressive teams. We mentioned earlier Atlanta has moved up the last couple of years. The Saints have also moved up. Not too terribly high to go and get someone that's a very high blockbuster type deal, but that's something that they've done. Those are some of the teams to look out for as we've kept an eye on those teams as well. I have Seattle taking one of the next best guys available, Ezra Cleveland. I think that's a good fit for them and what they want to do. So Ezra Cleveland off the board for me. Sam, who you got? For me, I think uh, they go offensive line here. I think you know we always talk about Russell Wilson running for his life, and I think they get him a little bit of help here. I think they take Isaiah Wilson, a tackle out of Georgia, another tackle off the board in this draft, and they finally get uh, Russell Wilson some much-needed help. So Sam and I both taking a tackle here at pick number twenty-seven for Seattle. Sam, are you agreeing with us? Or are you going? Or sorry, Brady, are you agreeing with us? Or are you going somewhere different? Um, I'm going here uh, with Seattle. I'm going. I think that they need that Frank Clark replacement from a year ago. You know, I they they picked L.J. Collier in the first round last year, but that didn't really pan out for them. So I think they're going to go. You picked him earlier, Andrew. I'm going to go with A.J. Epineza at Iowa. Epinez is not a bad pick. I, I think he's definitely first-round talent, and a lot of people just really haven't been keeping an eye on him. And watching him play in the Big Ten this year has been phenomenal. He's a he's a hell of an athlete. Something to keep an eye on for sure. AJ Epineza, that's going to be something moving forward. And Baltimore at pick number twenty-nine, that's where it gets. Or excuse me, pick number twenty-eight, that's where it could get a little bit dicey. I have them taking a risk here. I'll go ahead and preface with saying that I won't say who. I'll go last on this one. So Brady, we'll start with you. Pick number 28 for Baltimore. You know, this one's weird here. I, they could go a lot of different directions here. They could trade out of this spot. You never know. But they did lose Marshall Yonda to retirement. So I'm going to go interior line here for Baltimore, even though I've never, I haven't really seen anybody pick um, interior line for Baltimore. But I'm going to go with Lloyd Cushenberry out of LSU. 
Um, he's a guard. I, I think that he'll be a good replacement for Marshall Yonda, and I think that's definitely a need for them because, I mean, Marshall Yonda is one of the best guards in our in our generation, really. Well, I think at a time that uh, last year, I think the Ravens broke a record for the most amount of, of Pro Bowl nominees, and he was just one of them. And the, the offensive line, he's been a solid staple of that offensive line for the longest time. So Cushenberry, not a bad pick there at number 28. I have him, I won't spoil where, but I have him also going in the first round somewhere later on. So Sam, pick number 28 for Baltimore. What do you got? For me, Baltimore, I think this is where A.J. Epinesa goes. I think Baltimore bolsters that defensive lineup uh, a little bit. They don't, I mean, they showed their offense last year. They don't really need help with that. They had an amazing offense. So I think they go defense here, and A.J. Epinesa, best defensive player left on the board. So they take him. I agree that they go defense. I have them taking a risk. They're going to look at one of the guys that's been not as talked about recently. He was really highly touted coming into the season. A lot of people had him in the top 10, and then he slid further, and then all the stuff happened with the coronavirus, and he slid even further. Baltimore, for me, takes a little bit of a gamble on a guy that might not get as much playing time his first year, but Grant Delpit will be a good pick for them. They will be taking Grant Delpit at number 28 for me. Baltimore gets the guy they want, a great defensive player, that safety spot. He's going to have to sit probably a year or so. He'll probably rotate in. They might even try and do some linebacker packages. He'll probably be the nickel corner even. Uh, Grant Delpit in that Baltimore Ravens uniform at pick number 28. Tennessee at 29, that's when it kind of gets down the line. Tennessee, the the Cinderella run that they had there in the talks of getting Jadavian Clowney as well. That could be something that, that people will have to keep an eye on. But we'll see there. But pick number 29, Sam, who you got? Uh, I have the Titans taking Brandon Ayuk. I think that um, they need they just signed Ryan Tannehill to a huge contract, so they need to give him some weapons. Corey Davis in the past hasn't really produced a lot, and A.J. Brown, Young, had a good rookie campaign. So I think Brandon Ayuk goes into that maybe number two wide receiver role to compliment A.J. Brown and uh, you know give Ryan Tannehill another weapon. Not bad. Brandon Ayuk, uh, another great weapon there, as you mentioned. I have Tennessee going on the defensive side of the football just in case they don't get Jadavian Clowney. If for some reason they do get him, then they might swap something else. But I have them going Julian Okwara out of Notre Dame. Great guy to watch. I've seen some of his stuff. I really like this guy, Julian Okwara. He's very versatile. He does a lot of things right. His footwork, his fundamentals, right what they should be for a defensive end. Fits the bill. Tennessee, they get the guy they want. A great, solid, physical guy. Julian Okwara at pick number 29. And Brady, rounding out number 29, what do you got? Um, I also got a Tennessee going on the defensive side of the ball here. Um, I think they're going to go with a versatile defensive player. I think they got Zach Bond out of Wisconsin here. Um, he's You can put him in coverage or you can put him on the edge, either one. Um, so I think that's really why Tennessee would take him here, you know, because they could use really either of those. They, could, they lost Jarrell Casey, and, you know, they've really needed a line. They really could have used a coverage linebacker last year. So here's a guy that can really do it all for you. No, it makes a lot of sense, and it makes a lot of sense to go with that position there. Zach Bond, not a bad guy. Pick number 30, we got three more picks left, Green Bay, San Francisco, and then the Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs. Green Bay, Brady, we'll start with you. We're assuming they don't trade up because I think they're definitely one that could slide in 
and move up there earlier on, as we mentioned, Ian Rappaport saying that that is a spot where they could move up. So Brady at pick number 30, what does Green Bay take? Uh, this is a spot where if Jordan Love did fall to 30 or if they traded up, they would take him. Um, but in this situation, they don't have that option. So I have him getting a little help, more help for Aaron Rodgers. I have him getting Justin Jefferson out of LSU here. Um, definitely, I think I think a thing that you could you could have seen, or you think that Aaron Rodgers could have needed always more help. You know, he could have always needed more than just Devontae Adams, and he's never really had that. So I think this would be a good position for them to go get that and be able to you know see if they can make another run at Super Bowl. I think so too. They they definitely kind of been on the back burner about the the offensive weapons for Aaron Rodgers just because he's Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be able to turn some of the guys that aren't really big-name players into kind of, I wouldn't say household names, but he's been able to turn nobodies into somebodies. And I think Justin Jefferson fits pretty well with what they want to do there in Green Bay. So, Sam, what do you got the Packers taking at 30? Uh, I have the Packers going defense here. I, I have them taking Kenneth Murray out of uh, Oklahoma. You guys have him going pretty um, far further up in the draft. I think he slides down here. Uh, Green Bay showed that they had a pretty good defense last year, and I think that they bolster it up even more with Kenneth Murray. I think I am also agreeing with going defense. I already have Kenneth Murray off the board for me, but I have them taking TCU's Jeff Gladney corner out of the Big 12. It fits kind of what they what they're done the last couple of years. They go in, they get a defensive guy defensive heavy in the first round and then they kind of move on from there work something around that and I think the the trend can kind of continues here in 2020 Green Bay taking a defensive guy off the board in the first round Jeff Gladney that's a a strong guy we talked about some of the drop-off from corners there is a little bit of a drop-off between him and the rest of the talent but Jeff Gladney's still a first round talent he's still a great corner And I think the Packers get a little bit of a steal, maybe potentially, at that pick number 30 spot. So pick number 31, San Francisco back on the clock again. This could be something where it gets a little bit more interesting. Um, So we'll, we'll kind of see where everybody shapes up. Two picks left, and I have them taking another TCU guy back to back. TCU's Ross Blacklock, just another guy, fits what they want. It kind of just makes sense in a way. A very strong DT. Uh, Brady, you had them taking a DT earlier on, I believe. I think at 13. Was it 13 you had a – yeah, yeah, Derek, yeah Brown at, Derek Brown at 13. I have them taking another defensive tackle just later on, and that's in Ross Blacklock. So, Sam, who you got at 31? At 31, I think uh, they go defense as well, but I'm going secondary. They took C.D. Lamb for me at 13, so now they try to bolster their defense. Um, and I think they do this with Jalen Johnson, defensive back out of Utah. Um, you know, our, uh, Brady mentioned that you know he's one of his favorite uh, guys in the draft, and I think Jalen Johnson could really add um, you know a lot of support for that uh, 49ers secondary that kind of got torched in the Super Bowl. So maybe give a little uh, you know help to Richard Sherman as he's kind of progressing with age and learn behind him and eventually take his spot. I think so for sure. And and Brady, do they take best available at 31, or do you have a, a different game plan for the San Francisco 49ers? You know, when you were talking about taking back-to-back TCU guys for a second, I thought we had the same man, but we don't. Um, I have another TCU guy, actually. I have Jalen Rieger, a receiver. You guys had uh, – I believe you guys both had San Francisco picking a wide receiver at 13. Yeah. I didn't I go did. that route. I didn't go that route. But I think they do here at 31 
maybe it's a it's a bit of a reach here, but I do think it's a need now that they've lost Emmanuel Sanders. So I'm going to have him getting Jalen Rieger. Interesting that there are three TCU guys that we've had in the span of, of two picks, and it's just interesting to see that TCU is actually producing some first-round talent guys in the first time in a while. So rounding out the first round of the NFL 2020 draft, the Kansas City Chiefs, they won the Super Bowl, they beat San Francisco on that comeback. Patrick Mahomes wins uh, the Super Bowl MVP. They're coming in. What's, what does Patrick Mahomes essentially tell front office to get and we'll start with Sam the odd man out not from Kansas not a Kansas City fan uh for me I have the Chiefs taking an offensive lineman I think they go with Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan I think that they had a lot of injuries on the offensive line last year and not to say that their offensive line is not good because it, it it is but just for depth uh reasons like it's say something happens uh, where you know, like like last year happened again, where they have a lot of injuries on the offensive line. I believe in Tennessee, you had two offensive linemen get hurt on back-to-back plays. Something happens like that. Cesar Ruiz can come in, and uh, you know, just for depth, uh, comes into a very good situation in Kansas City. I agree. I've seen a lot. I've seen some some offensive interior linemen. Um, is that pick at thirty-two? I've seen Trayvon Diggs, another corner at pick number thirty-two. I've also seen linebackers at pick number 32. Those are kind of what the gist of what you see. I've also seen running back at 32. Not yeah. a huge fan of that. I don't like that at all. I don't think the Chiefs will take a running back in the first round. It makes no sense. You get the guy that you want, Damian Williams. He fits well enough to be able to run. You still have Darwin Thompson, who I'm a huge fan of. I think he just needs another year or so, get the offense under his belt. He'll be good to go. I think he's the option number two for right now. But for me, I have a guy that Brady already said Lloyd Cushenberry, it works well. Offensive lineman fits the, what Kansas City needs to fill at that center spot. So, Brady, the last pick on the board for the first round of the NFL 2020 draft, who is Kansas City taking? And, and you know, the Chiefs could go in a few places here. They could go interior line like you guys have done. They, I think if Zach Bond's available, they take him. But in this situation, he's not. So how fun would a secondary with Juan Thornhill, the Honey Badger, and Grant Delpit be? And I think, I mean – in that situation, you you know you let Juan Thornhill uh, cover over the top. Um, you put Grant Delpit into situations just like you would have had for maybe Dan Sorensen, and then you have Honey Badger doing whatever he wants. You so, would yeah, I mean, you would almost have Tyron Matthew just kind of roam. He would almost be a, exactly. uh, a a QB, not a QB spy, but in that spy situation where he just kind of freelances. Exactly. So I, th- I think that that secondary would you know be one of the. I mean, really, that'd be one of the best safety groups in the NFL. Well, and I'll say at this, I'll say at the same time too. Didn't Tyron Matthew also play corner when he was in Arizona? Didn't he play? Uh, I think he played some corner as well. He's always really played. He's played corner, safety, linebacker. He's really been all over the place. But well, yeah, I know he'd played safety, and I know he'd played linebacker. But I'm pretty sure he also played a lot of slot in years prior, or or even came uh, on and just played straight corner. That could be something if they do end up drafting Delpit that they could kind of work around that. So I, I definitely agree. I think Delpit could be a guy that they, they take and, and maybe try and convert one of those safeties over to play a, a corner spot. And, and, you know, especially with the loss of Kendall Fuller and you have a guy like Honey Badger who can fill in that spot and Grant Delpit, I mean, he's a similar player. So, I mean, really both of them can be in that position. So Brady taking Delpit, Sam and I both taking an offensive lineman for pick number 32. 
that just about wraps up everything here that we had for the NFL first round draft. If you missed some of the picks and some of what your team is wanting to do here in the first round, we're going to be putting this up on Spotify in the next hour or so. We'll put some links on it as well to our, our Twitter. So be on the lookout. Look for us. Follow us on Twitter if you want to, uh, at Andrew Botwinick. And Sam, go ahead and we'll plug your Twitter, and then Brady will plug yours as well. Why not? Uh, it's at Sam uh, underscore I underscore M 39. Sam's got a little bit of a longer one. Brady, go ahead and plug your Twitter for the people to know if they missed your pick or if they want to see who their team is drafting. Go ahead and plug something. Uh, my Twitter is Archer underscore Brady, so I'll be, you can go find that there. And that's going to do it for us here on Day-to-Day Picks, the NFL Draft tonight. We'll see. We'll keep track of how we did. And when we come back next week for potentially our last show of the semester, we're not sure if we're going to do one more after that, but we'll have some results. We'll do some point system, figure out who ended up winning our mock draft, and we'll come back. We'll talk about that and anything else, assuming we'll get something back in sports uh, with the coronavirus going around. But that's going to do it for us here on Day-to-Day Picks today. So for Andrew Botwinick, Sam Steinmeier, and Brady Archer not in spirit today. He's actually here with us today on the Zoom call. That's going to do it for us here on Day-to-Day Picks. We'll be back next week from 2 to 4. Stick around.